0: When I was a little girl, I, like many other children do, I suppose, I had an incredible fear of the dark. After being tucked in at night by my mum or my dad, I would beg them not to turn out the lights, and they always agreed. Well, that was until the start of the second grade. It was the start of the second grade that my parents decided that I was a big girl now and needed to learn that the dark was nothing to be afraid of. To help with this transition, my dad bought me a very bright nightlight for my bedside table. I hated the idea of just having this light on at first – But after my mother shut off my room light switch and showed me just how bright the night light was, I warmed up to the idea. That first night, with only that little light by my bedside, is a memory that I can recall with certain clarity, even after all these years. That night marks the first of many visits from the knocking girl. The glow of that little light was comforting, like a beacon of safety in the dark. It made me feel safe, and before I knew it, I had fallen asleep under its protective glow. Three distinct knocks woke me from my slumber sometime later in the night. My eyes flew open and my head turned to look at my bedroom door, which was left slightly ajar. The only thing there that intruded was the light shining in from the lamp in the hallway. Then once again came three sharp knocks from somewhere beyond the foot of my bed. I shot up in a sitting motion and stared past the foot of my bed towards the closet door. Thanks to my adolescent mind, I wasn't sure exactly what to do. So I just sat there, staring in the dark towards the door, which was only partially illuminated by the light in my bedside. Then once again, and so abruptly that it made me jump came three knocks. This time the knocks were louder and the time between each separate knock was greater. My breathing became heavy and my heart pounded and just as I was about to call out for my parents, I was cut off by a voice. From the dark came a warped and soft little girl's voice. She called out from behind the closet door. Let me come out, Allie. I'm so lonely. I screamed. I screamed louder and harder than I'd ever had in my whole life or ever since. Both of my parents burst into my room and asked me what was wrong, but I couldn't answer. I just kept screaming. It took some time, but eventually my parents calmed me down, and I was able to tell them what happened. They assured me it was just a nightmare, but I wasn't having any of it. I told them I was never sleeping in my room ever again. My father, being always the problem solver, went and immediately fetched the screwdriver from his toolbox he began to take the closet door off its hinges. Once the door was off, my parents stayed with me until I fell asleep. The knocking girl never returned to my room after that night, but she never left me alone either. I found out the very next day a couple of rules about the knocking girl – The first was that it didn't have to be dark for her to come visit me. The second rule was that it didn't have to be a closet. The next time I was visited by the knocking nightmare, I was sitting in a bathroom stall at school. It was just after gym period and the physical exercise had helped move along that morning's breakfast to my lower intestine. And I was pretty thankful when I found the bathroom empty. I was just finishing my business when I heard the echoing footsteps of someone entering the bathroom. I froze in my seat. It was clear from the slapping sound on the floor that whoever the new arrival was, they were barefoot. I waited as the footsteps drew nearer to the stall I was in, which was located at the end of the aisle and up against the wall. I decided then to call out. Hello? I received no reply, only the slap, slap, slap of feet on the tiles. Somehow the silence was more frightening than if anything at all would have answered me. I didn't call out any more after that, but out of instinct I picked my feet up slowly off the floor and scooted as far back on the toilet as I could placing my feet on the rim of the bowl. Slap. 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 The footsteps were nearly at my stall now. I closed my eyes tightly as the sound of steps continued. Slap. 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 Whoever was out there was now directly in front of my stall. I kept my eyes closed and hoped the intruder would just leave. Then a familiar sound resonated through the bathroom, which stopped my breath in my throat. Three hard knocks pounded against the door of my stall. What followed was the same warped voice. "Ali." There's nothing to be afraid of. I only wanted to make you my friend. Tears began to freely fall from my closed eyes and I shouted. Go away! Ali, don't be like that. If you don't come out, I'll have to come in there after you. The threat made me open my eyes, and what I saw under the stall door made me scream until I sent myself into a panic attack and blacked out. Under the stall, I could see two bare white feet, but that's not what caused me to lose consciousness. It was her face. It stared at me from under the stall the face of a girl with wide blue glaring eyes and a mouth that had its bottom jaw removed so that her tongue hung down and swung loosely from her open maw. Her neck was unnaturally long and it was twisted underneath the stall door just enough so that her head was partially in the stall with me. They were the last thing I remember before waking up in the nurse's office. I was told later that the school janitor was mopping in the hallway just outside the bathroom when he heard me scream bloody murder. The school called my mum, and I was questioned over and over about what happened in that bathroom. I really didn't know what to say, so I made up a story about falling asleep when I was on the toilet and having a nightmare. The school sent me home anyway, and my mother was furious. Look, she didn't ground me or anything, though. I think she just felt sorry for me and didn't know how to help me. I told her I was fine when she asked me later that day. I lied. From then on, the knocking girl came to me at any time that I was alone. If my parents were outside and I was walking past the hallway closet, I heard knocking. If I was alone in my kitchen, I heard the knocking coming from inside every single cabinet. Sometimes she would call out from wherever she was knocking – telling me that she needed a friend to keep her company. I don't know why she couldn't just open the door and come and get me, but... but I'm sure as hell glad she didn't. It didn't occur to me immediately, but eventually I wondered how she could even speak in the first place if her bottom jaw was removed... I suppose if you're being haunted by a spirit, that is a silly thing to wonder, but honestly, I sort of got used to her. Eventually, she even stopped speaking altogether. She just knocked from behind whatever barrier she was knocking from. For some reason, I could not understand, she couldn't pass through the barrier. It It made it easier to become more relaxed. That's not to say I wasn't afraid of her, don't mistake that. I never wanted to see that horrible face again. But as I grew older, she sort of became normal part of the day. I just lived my life by certain rules. I never went to a public bathroom anymore. My bathroom breaks were scheduled at home and when there were people in the house. I also got accustomed to never opening a door unless I knew for certain who was on the other side of it. Then, when I was 12 years old, the worst happened. Do you love horror stories or weird fiction? Enter Maltopia, a new world of horror fiction. Maltopia is a podcast that features horror, dark fiction stories and stories that take place in the same strange universe. Listen to the Shepherd of Wolves series, where a killer who uses the bones of his murdered family as weapons is lured into a dark and mysterious game. Discover the Lost Journals and Tome series – which explores the many strange events and people of Maltopia through first-person accounts. Or my favourite, The Weird Book Show, which examines the bizarre structures and history of Maltopia through the in-story podcast of its own. All series and stories intersect and influence each other, providing horror lovers an immersive experience sure to reach the top of their playlists. Just search for Maltopia, M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A, A A New World of Horror, on your favourite podcast catcher. When I was 12, I was at a sleepover at my friend Suzanne's house. Yes, I had friends. Despite being known as the kid that passed out in the bathroom once, I was popular. I never told anyone about the knocking girl, though. That's probably why I didn't have any trouble making friends. Suzanne and I were sitting in her basement playing Nintendo on her small TV down there when Suzanne decided she wanted to get us a couple of sodas. She opened the basement door and bounded up the stairs, shutting the door behind her as she went. I continued playing until... I heard a loud knock on the front door. Then there were footsteps as Suzanne walked from her kitchen to the front door and opened it. I heard the muffled noises of what I took as quiet conversation, and then the front door slammed shut. All of this happened, but I was only half paying attention as I was pretty immersed in my game. I heard Suzanne walk back to the kitchen, and then after a moment, I heard footsteps on the basement stairs again. Then from the bottom of the door rang out three hard knocks. Bang, bang, bang. I froze, and my heart raced in my chest as my thoughts immediately went to the knocking girl. Suzanne? I breathed a sigh of relief as I heard her answer, frustrated because she couldn't open the door with hands full of soda and snacks. It was definitely Suzanne's voice, Yeah, she sounded a bit off, but it was her. It's just because of the strain of holding a load of junk food. I walked towards the door. Before I could reach the door, however, she knocked three more times with her foot. Bang. 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 I sighed a little irritated at her impatience, but then I stopped just before my hand touched the door handle. A half-formed idea was brewing in my head. A mystery that I wondered about for quite some time, but I was just one piece of the puzzle short. A piece that I would never have because it would mean endangering my own life. I hope I was wrong, but... I thought that Suzanne must have unwittingly provided the first piece when she answered the three knocks on the front door. I again wondered how the knocking girl could speak without a bottom jaw. What if that voice I thought belonged to Suzanne? It never did. There was a sizeable gap on the bottom of the basement door. I fell down on my hands and knees to peer underneath it. When I did, I was met with the immediate sight of two piercing blue eyes. I threw myself back and scooted on my butt all the way against the far wall of the basement while the door was immediately assaulted by a flurry of angry knocks. I could hear an angry voice from the other side of the door shriek as the pounding on the door grew louder. The voice was not quite the knocking girl's, but not quite Suzanne's either, but it was an amalgamation of the two voices along with several others. No! You'll be mine! Even if it takes me 100 years, you'll be mine! The horrifying threat assaulted my eardrums and I had to cover my ears because the pounding and the screaming became far too much. My heart began to race and I began to cry as I was stricken with my second panic attack. And like that time in the bathroom, I fainted. I woke up sometime later in Suzanne's living room. I was surrounded by my parents as well as Suzanne's mother crying, along with some policemen in uniform. The police asked me questions while my dad stood by listening to the interrogation, and my mother tried to console the woman who would never see her daughter again. They asked me if I remember what the intruder looked like and they asked me how I kept the door barred while he attempted to break it down. I didn't really know what to tell them, so I just shrugged and nodded for most of it. I was confused and I was scared. I didn't know how to tell them there was no conventional intruder. Why would they believe me anyway? I barely did. I later found out that Suzanne's mother left the house just before Suzanne came up to get the snacks for us. She'd needed to get some milk for the dinner she was going to make for us and thought we'd be fine in the 10 minutes it would take her to get back from the store. When she got home, she found the basement door had several scratches and indentations in the wood. She found me at the bottom of the stairs unconscious, and she immediately called for the police and the ambulance. While she was on the phone, she frantically searched the house for her daughter. Like I said, they never found Suzanne. I felt bad for Suzanne, and I felt bad for her mum. But I didn't know the knocking girl would come after anyone else. How could I? Still, I wish I would have said something. Even then. Even if I had, maybe Suzanne would be the only disappearance I would have to mourn. On that day at Suzanne's house, it was so long ago... I'm a fully grown adult now, living in my parents' house, that they left me in their will after they too disappeared. Every door in the house has been removed, except for the front door and back door, obviously. Tonight, I'm opening my third bottle of wine this week. It's always easy to handle the nights when I'm toasted. Tonight will be like every other night, I will sit in my chair facing the front door. I will wait for the knocking girl to come. She always does. Sometimes she speaks in Mum's voice. Sometimes she speaks in Suzanne's voice. Sometimes she speaks in Dad's voice. And sometimes she speaks in a completely different voice that I may or may not recognise but she always knocks, intruding on my home. I have dealt with the knocking all my life, and at 34 I have grown tired of the knocking. With each bottle of wine, however, I believe I've grown closer to answering that knock. Maybe tonight will be the night that I let the knocking girl inside to play.